Hello, Attactioneers. Welcome to the Attack Action Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Morrow. And I'm your host, Isaac Jessen. Today, we have an episode titled Meta and Controversy. And for it, we have brought on the Honigman of Collins. What's and up? I'm your host, Colin Honigman. <laughs> yes. Nice. Did I do it? I'm here too, guys. I'm here to be controversial. Ooh. Oh, wait. I misread the prompt. I'm not the controversy. (laughs) (laughs) That was it. That was the controversial thing we're doing. It's Colin's here. (laughs) What word sounds like controversial or looks like it? I was like, conversational? That's what I thought. I thought that's where that joke was going. You guys are meta and I'm controversy. And whatever I say bounces off me and sticks to you shake my fist at things i'm gonna i'm gonna make really you know big statements with zero data to back them up with i'm gonna call for bans no that's not me i'm just here to have fun you gotta make bold (laughs) you gotta have bold opinions and you gotta stick with them no matter what you know that's right once you have an opinion you gotta stand by it yeah, I mean, you can never change it either. That's yeah, how no, opinions work. Your never. whole job, Colin, has been to try to get us more viewers. So be controversial. So more people tune in and are either upset or on your side. Who knows? You know? Yeah, maybe that's what we're doing. Like, we need to get people who like to scream at us more, you know? <laughs> that's what we get I'm more listeners so they could yell at us and be frustrated with us. <laughs> Speaking of, uh, controversy and yelling and stuff on podcasts uh we truly are like america's podcast now america's premier flesh and blood podcast since outcast haven who yeah. uh, r.i.p i don't think they're dead but their channel sure is <laughs> <laughs> totally and mnr is just basically on the way out or you know <laughs> just so, kidding just kidding they don't count easy though, shot because they're one half of the world champion is the world champion you know so not really a a representation of the people like us common folk totally up there on his high horse (laughs) yeah made a no i think they extra count because they're they have the world champion on deck but we also count well what happens if he's not the world champion this coming year and it's uh somebody from a different country that will instantly forget his name and who he ever was. Mm-hmm. That's how that's how time works. <laughs> uh, also, no, that's how the American populace works for sure. <laughs> for, for, those, for those of you who have listened to all eighty-one or seventy-one episodes, seventy-three episodes, I don't know how many. What I believe number this, this is, is episode seventy-one right now. Perfect. Uh, our feud I am calling is officially over without Cast Haven. Because <laughs> they're dead. <laughs> we won. <laughs> we won. <laughs> Time last, heals all wounds last, and ends all arguments. <laughs> last men standing. So just in case you've been wondering how that's been going since episode two or three or whenever we started the feud, it's it's officially over. Took us crazy. Seventy episodes. So, if this is your first episode, this is a flesh and blood podcast, and we're not usually such dicks, but we're trying this new tack. So bear <laughs> with up us. Our numbers. I told you I around. came here for controversy. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was mostly a joke. 
You know yes. what's usually controversial? News. Dang. It is. And actually, the first item on our news, there has been some changes to uh, judge rulings and how that operates, but we're going to tackle that in the main pod. So we'll skip over that one and explain it more in depth there. Shout out to, well, not shout out because we're not there yet, but in news, the very first calling with the new set Dusk to Dawn is about to happen this weekend. We're recording this on Wednesday, and it happens this coming Wednesday, Wednesday, the 26th of July, 2023, year of our Lord chain. And uh, I'm very excited for that. Push the Point is going to be doing the coverage, and uh, I think it's going to be the, the springboard to the national season that we're about to have, so... The uh, somersault of the national season, if you will. Nice. Don't play it from hand, though. <laughs> I, don't you hate that? I feel like half the time you, you're forced to. Like, I know. Damn that's it. why it's a mid card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really excited about that one. Uh, Birmingham, not in Alabama. It's in the United Kingdom's England. Nice we all foreshadow. learned that in real time. Yeah, for, check out the stream. It's a little foreshadowing for you. Uh, foreplay. All... I'm wagging my eyebrows, but y'all can't see it. Can you hear it though? <laughs> yeah, can you feel it. Oh yeah, when you do it that close to the microphone, they for sure can. They can feel the the eyebrow energy you're bringing to this podcast. Yeah, our Hell last yeah. bit of news: draft at nationals has been confirmed to be Monarch first edition. So whoa, any kind of correlation or collation? There you go. Um, issues or thoughts you might have on it. You can't have them because they're Monarch first edition. So those are the only thoughts you're allowed to have. So good luck, everybody. And unlike recent sets where at tournaments, they take all the cold foils out. Damn it. In Monarch first, they will still be in there and playable because there will be no rainbow foils. So the cold foils will be part of the packs. And if you get lucky, you pull one and play it. Hell yeah. Crazy. Wait, so at tournaments, they rem- I thought they give them to you. You just can't play them. Correct. No, they're they're gone. They're out of take there. Them out of the bag. Are yeah. you sh- wait because wasn't didn't the last thing you you went the last thing you went to was Pro Tour and they had to build those packs manually, right? Wasn't that what they did? No, I think it was just a mix of the two different <laughs> print runs. Oh. Well, it was something weird. Oh, but I, I think I they built the got boxes manually out of individual packs. You do. Anyways, you Monarch them... First doesn't have any of these issues, so it's going to be great <laughs> for everyone who likes Monarch First and is going to a national championships. It's like Road to Nationals. You like open the cold foil, set it aside. You know, it's the one you get. But at like professional level events, they like give you little LSS tuck boxes. They stamp the card. Yep. For those of us who haven't done it. <laughs> because we are of the people, the masses. <laughs> and that's definitely usually how the masses feel. It's just <laughs> in tears. Uh, it, that's, I feel like that's like a, that's a fun little flex of like, welcome to Nationals. Here's your Monarch first edition. Which, you know. <laughs> yeah. You made it. 
You no longer have to draft unlimited. The ultimate test of a good player. Will you value draft or will you uh, pass <laughs> foil that you don't need because you're not in that class? Let's see. It's going to be tough. Find out. Uh, shout outs. So my shout outs. These are all almost all of mine. Uh, to Push the Point podcast. They're undertaking a commentary gig for the weekend and asked us to do a a promo ad- advertisement on stream. And so you'll get to see that. And I appreciate that they thought of us. Because uh, I sometimes feel like not many people do think of us. And I appreciate that very much. They're very nice guys. On their yeah, they're great. They're also like expanding and crushing it with their media empire over in the UK. So yep. keep it up. And they know on, all about empires there. Yeah, stay on your side, bro. <laughs> yeah, they get a head start in our defense, you know. <laughs> we're we're quick to throw a feud out there, so we it's don't want to have to feud. <laughs> British joke, you know what I mean? Colin. Get them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. So yeah. I on their recent episode, uh, like their predictions for the calling. Usually, I'm a I'm a Hamish head. Hamish is my guy, but on that one, I was like, I'm a I'm a, a trip Tommy now. Mm. Whoa, trip troll, trip You're tomboy trip dip. <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> There's I don't a, know what you're saying or alluding to. You're a trippy. You're a trippy. <laughs> I was a trippy. I'm a fan of Trip on that episode because I just All liked right. his hot takes and was like, hell yeah. Nice. I love the that he's going off of vibes. I'm all about vibes right now. Hell yeah. Because it's summertime. Summer vibes. Yeah. Nice. Hot, hot boy summer takes. <laughs> <laughs> almost. Totally. Isaac saw me in Held full it. summer boy outfit the other day. I was just in a tank. Hashtag shorts. Yeah. Uh, nice. I I got a shout out. I'm gonna shout out to uh, Angel Benitez, uh, Hell he's yeah. a local player, um, long time Levia stand, sometimes Briar player because he needs, you know, he needs to win too sometimes. And this past weekend at the AGE final AGE Open of the year before the Players Championship, he uh, did very well, making it uh, well. Well, yeah, the spoiler is fine. He makes it all the way to the uh, quarterfinals on Levia, uh, and it was a blast to see him on stream and just do really well with a hero that he he's loved and played for a long time. So, shout out to him for uh, you know putting on a good show and just you know performing really well. The payoff, the ultimate payoff, is doing good with a hero you love. Love that. I wonder what that's like. <laughs> Next. <sighs> Uh, my final shout out is to our boy, Blake Meyer, uh, having, so I feel like Blake's casting journey in mine started similar times, but he has, uh, continued that journey. Whereas I only moonlight as that sometimes. And, uh, having watched him go through that journey and improve and become increasingly entertaining and also knowledgeable, has been a ton of fun and he's uh no offense Colin my favorite caster right now and I hope he gets more jobs because he's awesome and a great person to be around and I know he doesn't listen to this podcast so I had to send him all of these sentiments 
in a handwritten letter that I delivered to him on his doorstep. Nice. That's sweet. Sealed with a kiss, too. Yep. Kiss. <laughs> wow. I don't know. <clears throat> maybe we'll cut Good that. Good thing we have an editor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, maybe I'll keep it in. Who knows? You know? Yeah. Yeah, shout out to Blake. I love casting with Blake. It's it's one of my favorite things to do. We started together and, you know, we've been doing it for over a year now, which is kind of crazy. Um and it's it's always just fun, you know. We don't we don't put on airs. We're just two guys that enjoy the game and have a lot of opinions and usually follow the game pretty closely and also hopefully it's entertaining, but um yeah, Blake Blake makes it easy, to be honest. So I'm lucky to be in there with him all the time. Hell yeah. I love you, man. <laughs> Heart emoji. <laughs> all right. Uh, any other shout outs or anybody want to cover anything before we get into the main topic? Let's go. Just love Blake so much. <laughs> You're my boy. Emotional episode right. for us. Let's get right in. Are there any other segments or, any, or just right into the main topic? That's it, man. I mean, I nice. guess we could. Uh, I mean, we skipped lawn lawn equipment or yeah. whatever. <laughs> Normally gotcha. we have like That's why it was fast. catch up time, which we could do with Colin. Colin, what's new in your life? You've been in Europe. Tell the people. You did. I uh, I did. I made a, a European pilgrimage uh, for, you know, the the standard friend getting married in Europe. Uh, kind of vibe, but uh, she had a good excuse. She's marrying a Frenchman, so she got married in France. Nice. Like Excuse a great me. inconvenient wedding, I'm sure. You know, at this stage in my life, it was like, hell yeah. Nice. <laughs> I, I'm an adult, and I can afford to do this right now, so let's just go. Uh, and, you know, it's just one of the one of the few benefits of getting older. Uh, and all my friends were there, so it was just like amazing. Really, all of your friends were there. Well, you know, all of them. Okay. Yeah, I, bullshit. The your the rules of this game are inaccurate. <laughs> okay, yeah. Because Taylor and I weren't there. We weren't there. So all your friends attend the wedding. It's all right. Something, all right, all right, something all right, to tell right, us. Role playing game. I believe game. we're friends. Son I of a bitch. A, I had a large <laughs> group of friends who I've known for a very long time, who were all almost entirely in attendance. And we stayed at a cool Airbnb in uh, a small town in the south of France. And I did I did some grilling in Europe, like because you can't just roll twelve deep to a restaurant in like a small town in France. So like we ended up just cooking a lot of meals. Unfortunately, uh, missed out on some of the French uh, cuisine, but uh, had a great time there. Then went down, you know. I started in. Like Four pairs of or three pairs of four. It's it, those aren't pairs, some of those but. places. You that's literally the whole restaurant. But you know, <laughs> when you also don't speak French, it's kind of intimidating just to roll mm. up that deep. They're like immediately like, no, <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, started in London. Saw some friends there who just moved there, so that was fun. Went to the south of France, did the wedding, uh, had a great time. Then we went down the coast of Italy. Um, so it was just a, it was just an amazing trip. Had a wonderful time. Ate a lot of pasta. Oh man, we went to this. Okay. I'm going to cut it short here, but we went to this 
we went to Naples because, you know, pizza. Um, but my Italian friend who was with us told us she was just like, Naples has the best food. And we were like, well, fuck it. Let's go. Um, so we went there and pizza was great. I had, you know, just put down a whole pizza and the knife and fork. And you're just like, why is this easy to do? And I don't feel terrible. And yet if I ate a whole pizza in the U.S., I probably would die. Um, anyways. But uh, we went to this fish market twice. Had just like the most amazing pasta with like, you know, all different kinds of seafood. And it was just like the best thing. I like literally couldn't handle it. It was so awesome. We bought t-shirts because they had shirts for the fish market. We were like, do you sell those? They were like, yeah. We were like, fuck yeah, give us like all of them. So um, that was awesome. It was great to be with uh, my friends and uh, some family as well. And uh, yeah. Back. glad to be back feel energized i got that you know vacation glow that vacation uh release of stress that i don't need anymore and uh yeah now i'm here i haven't played flesh and blood in ages and uh i have still have many opinions about everything somehow but yeah that's where i'm at i mean that you know that tracks that's just how it works nice I'm very jealous. That sounds like a wonderful vacation. It was good. It's been a minute since we've been on a, a proper vacation, so this was this was good. And half the wedding got COVID, but we didn't. So Hell it was yeah. great. <laughs> Way to dodge that. Dude, seriously. The last wedding we went to out of town, we did get COVID. So that was a different kind of trip. So this was a very, very nice one. <laughs> 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 I got sick when I came home, so that was like the that was the end of that trip. And I'm so much better than during the trip. Yeah, exactly. It means my trip just gets a little bit longer. You always, you always need some time to recuperate after a vacation anyway. So yeah, yeah. yeah vacation Whatever. from vacation. Yeah, definitely. I need a vacation from this vacation. <laughs> Don't ever say that. It's not true. <laughs> You just need to go home sometimes. (laughs) I was actually excited to come home because it was so hot. It was so hot in Europe. Everywhere we went, it was like a heat wave. And then I came home and it was immediately a heat wave. And I'm just like, I haven't cooled down in like a month. Yikes. Anyways. Yeah, it's been hot. It's been like, it's like 103 here for a while. But uh, we're going through a cool spell. So cool yourself off. Go sit out there in the evening, Colin. No. On that nice patio <laughs> here. <laughs> uh, before we get into our main topic, we do have a uh, listener question to play on the pod. Um, and this comes from our good friend, Darth Prentice, a.k.a. Greg. So thank you for this question. If you want to have your question played on the podcast, just simply whip out your phone, voice memo, talk to your phone with your question and then email us at the attack action podcast at gmail.com and we'll play it live. Like we are doing with this one. Greetings, battle bros. Darth Prince is back with another uh, question. This one, however, is not flesh and blood related at all. Uh, Taylor, when did you discover that you had an allergy to gluten? I'm wondering if there's like a specific food or instance of eating something that you were then like, this is not what my body is supposed to be doing. I should get this figured out. Thank you, Greg. I appreciate you 
asking me that question, uh, which I get a lot. So on our last podcast, I mentioned um, that I have a gluten allergy. And so I found out in my early 20s, maybe 22, 23, um, and it was because my mom had figured that out and she did like a elaborate test. And part of that test was you have the genetic markers to pass this on to your offspring 100% guaranteed. (laughs) (laughs) And then my mom let me know that. And I was like, huh, okay. Well, I guess I'll try to not do that. And then I didn't, it was like May, I got home from college one time and was like, I guess I'll try this. Uh, And uh, I felt like shit for a whole month going off gluten and like, which was crazy. It was so weird. I, I can remember like sleeping in till like 11 and then waking up and being like, okay, I got to do like some stuff, do some stuff for like three hours and then be like, fuck, I'm so tired. And then take like a four hour nap and then like wake up and be like, wow, that's crazy. So exhausted. And then like go to bed at like nine, you know? And that was like for three weeks. And then one day I just woke up and I was like, ah, I'm alive. I have energy. Let's fucking do this. And then that's just how I've been for the rest of my life. <laughs> so I thought you. like the elaborate test was just like stuffing a bunch of flour in your mouth and being like, does this, Am does I gonna this die? feel okay? Are you feeling sick now? <laughs> no. So, so yeah. And then uh, I've never been like, hey, I should go back. I should just eat some bread and see what happens. Uh, I've like accidentally quote-unquote poison myself and it's like a very real allergy for me it's like both feeling like uh i've survived being poisoned and hung over so and that lasts for like three days yeah so it's tough just like even a little bitty bite uh not a little bitty bite but like you know a substantial amount Hmm. you know like or i don't know like mouthfuls i'm not sure how much because i'm unaware of how much was in whatever it was you know That's or else fair. it wouldn't have happened so i i do enjoy your measurement though colin Every, instead of a, a big bitty bite <laughs> or a little bitty bite i'm i'm always worried when taylor comes over because i'm like i know everything has gluten in it it does oh my god and then I was like, I was all excited. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make this. I get my favorite tortillas. They're like corn tortillas. They have flour in them too. She's like, that's why you're delicious. <laughs> totally, it sucks. I really feel for you because, like, I have kind of a lot of things I don't eat at home just for like health. But as soon as I'm on the road, like tournament, playing cards, traveling, or whatever, I just like eat whatever because it's so freaking hard to you know, travel or be other places and like cut out major, these major food groups that they put in everything. Isaac doesn't eat legumes. (laughs) (laughs) I don't particularly like legumes either, but I, uh, I'm so used to it now. Is that how you say it? (laughs) Legumes. (laughs) It is. It's a weird word. Sorry. (laughs) Anyway, uh, traveling for me is like, yes stressful but it's been over a decade of having to figure out how to travel and have a gluten allergy <clears throat> so luckily just, some of the best tacos in la 
gluten free. Hell yeah. You know that we got that in our back pocket. We got shout we got a shout out. Is tacos. We got a shout out last podcast. Episode sixty nine shouted him out. It was I great. Know. Just Good. putting it on there. Again. It's also gluten's not so bad, but just gluten's in beer. Oh man. Yeah. So hence the cider. Oh, I get it. It makes sense now. <laughs> it's all coming together. Was that a bit or was Speaking that a real? Beer, I forgot revelation? I had a beer here. No, it was a bit. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. I got worried for a second. This is what happens when you bring me on. We meander through everything, and I try to make a joke out of things. Let's talk about the hot topics of the day, guys. Great segue. Nice. Well done. Where do you guys want to start? Seamless. Selvage, if you will. (laughs) Shout out to... Oh, we didn't record that. Shit. Never mind. (laughs) Pre-recording. Banter. At least thanks, Colin. <laughs> Shout out to the topic of our other podcast that we didn't do, but we talked about anyways. Uh, if you want access to that podcast, become a Patreon member. You get access to the Discord, and we have a secret podcast called The Time Snap where we full extra talk free about podcast. Bullshit. Any part of the last like fifteen minutes you thought was entertaining, then you will enjoy that podcast as well. It's not about flesh and blood. It's just us chatting about things we're interested in. Uh, and it, they're really fun to talk about. It's just cool to hear different things everyone's interested in and playing and experiencing. So, you know, yep. become a Patreon member. Support us. Thank you. We also, so, if you if you top-tier Patreon, we have a other secret podcast that is Michael Hamilton and Hayden Dale telling all their competitive secrets every month. So... uh we sign up their get room all so we get everything they say on <laughs> and, record. And they're topless, too. It's great. That, none of that is true, but you will get a playmat when we make playmats. So, yep. you know, which we make cool playmats sometimes. And Anyways. potentially giveaways. Ooh. Giveaways are fun. All right, let's get into it. Um, let's, let's start with a new judge ruling policy. Um, this is on missed triggers and Taylor, do you just want to explain, um, what's going on here? What are they talking about? What's the new, the new law of the land? So an article came out by LSS that was explaining the new policy for missed triggers and that sort of thing. And the TLDR of that is mandatory triggers happen basically so if you forget to do your mandatory trigger it's not a big deal they'll just correct it and move on with your life the triggers they're worried about are your optional ones like making sure you tick up your tunic like those are the ones they want to test your skills on as that article outlined it it seemed that it was allowing for sloppy play to take place in there to be no penalty to it. And that was kind of the controversy in our eyes that it was like, well, if I just freaking forget to do shit, there's no like uh, backlash to forgetting how to play the game basically. And I can 
potentially take advantage of that game state by being like, oh, no, I, I'm an idiot. I just forget all of the time, you know? And uh, <clears throat> after talking to a friend of the show, Patrick, uh, he kind of explained further what the uh, judges were talking about and how they need to rule on those sort of things. And, and the, and, and part of the article was that like, you know, judges will just like, you know, determine, make, make the best choice basically. So like if you hit with Nebula blade, right? Nebula blade makes a rune chant if it deals damage or if it hits, excuse me. And that is a mandatory trigger, not a may. So if you forgot to like place your rune chant on the board, and then it's halfway through your opponent's turn. Now with the new ruling, you could be like, excuse me, judge, Nebula Blade hit. I forgot to make my rune chant. And they will just say like, okay, cool. Yep. You just get your rune chant. No big deal or whatever. Um, but also what the judges are going to do is that that kind of triggers their spidey senses and you kind of get a warning. So if you continue to do that throughout the day, you will be penalized. One spidey sense token. <laughs> Um, and so that's that's kind of then when you get more you got to drag them around (laughs) so that's the the policy moving forward um and then uh i think i got that the gist of that going um what is everybody's feelings or thoughts or uh emotions or spiritual uh outreach to this yeah, so we'll just start with my initial takes before moving into those other things. But um, this policy uh, ruined me <laughs> financially <laughs> and spiritually. Yeah, exactly. Mostly financially, spiritually <laughs> broken. <laughs> um, so I, I really like the spirit of this policy, but don't like it in practice. And hopefully, it doesn't play out um, exactly how I think it will. But My main critique of this is it puts more agency in the hands of individual judges to make judgments rather than having like a clear cut policy to follow in like set in stone rules to refer to and then to exactly do. And I think that we've had issues in this game before where judges kind of making their best ruling and judgment as to like what to do in a certain situation, how far to walk it back, how to correct a game state fairly for both parties, et cetera, et cetera. Um, We've definitely had problems with this before, not through like, not that it's any one particular judge's fault, but if there's like a lot of agency with individual judges, then that kind of thing will be inconsistent and will inevitably lead to maybe unfair occurrences and frustration for players. So I think that just in general, giving more agency to individual judges, especially like level one judges and so on, um, is just not the right move here. Even though the spirit of the change, I think, you know, is, uh, you know, a step in the right direction. I just don't agree with the execution of it. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. I think so. I I I feel like that kind of touches on like the human <clears throat> the human problem of just having biases, you know, it's hard in any 
you know, we, we are humans. We, we have biases. It's just how evolution kind of worked out, to be honest. So it's hard to be completely objective in these situations. Um, and it's, it seems like it's just creating more situations where it is entirely up to the judge to decide. I think this is the part where I, and maybe you, you said this too, but the part that feels weird is like, it's up to the judge to decide if it's detrimental or not, you know? And I feel like that's something that is kind of weird because there are a lot of triggers in the game, but it feels like, it should be kind of easy to say whether it is, you know, beneficial and detrimental. And, you know, I, I guess the con, you know, allowing them to evaluate the context as they say is, is good, but I don't know. It just seems like a little, a little weird. How familiar are you in this matchup? And I forgot like a thing that's maybe like really important to my, ability to continue to you know perhaps edge out my opponent here and then you like rule that like it's it doesn't happen or whatever and then i have to like ask for the manager and it takes all of this time and stuff you know that that is definitely the worry is like oh you've never played uh icelander into dromai and you don't understand like their game state versus my game state. Like, yeah, I think there's so much nuance there. And if something gets fucked up and you know, it's up to interpretation, it could just ruin the game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's like a bunch of hypothetical, right? Like um, if you miss a ponder token trigger, then do you put your cards back? Do you put them back in a random order? If you don't Mm -hmm. remember which one you drew first to then draw and be able to arsenal that card, you know, it just goes on and on for, like I said, we've already had issues with rewinding game states and that benefiting one player more than another or having mm-hmm. like equal penalties to both players, but for it benefiting one player over another, um, you know. Yeah. And I, I, I feel like we're just going to have more and more of that. That's a great this. point. And I, what I was going to say kind of goes off that is that in the article, it talks about it's like the old policy and the issues with it. And it talks about a frostbite and a ponder and a hyperdriver missed triggers. And then it doesn't give any examples in the new policy. And it was like, well, could you explain how this would work in the new policy? Like, because if I miss a ponder token, exactly as you're saying, what happens to me? And I do think it is nice that you go to pongatory. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Get Edit, editor editor time stamp that out please uh, <laughs> it, I, I i i kind of like what they're saying where it says it it's hopefully uh you know incentivizing people it's like reducing the incentive for intentionally i'm quoting this directly reducing the intensive incentive for intentionally keeping quiet about an opponent's missed triggers uh, because the player is no longer ha- the player has no longer has control over the procedure outcome, which is what they were saying before. They're like, "Oh, the other person, the opponent, usually gets to decide what happens because you know it's it's worse for them or something." Um, but not telling us what happens in these cases leaves it very like like okay, so 
is it like kind of because honestly i miss ponder token like a lot because it's a newer card uh or you know newer token and i'm not used to that end of step procedure and it's pretty bad when you miss it but like you know what if i draw like the best hand and but i forget the order of the card even if i know the order of the cards like they are they going to just believe me that i'm like oh yeah it came off in this order i didn't shuffle them at all i do it this way you know like it it's weird to not have the any kind of example because they go out of the way to make you know all these examples but then don't tell us what changes other than like oh we'll evaluate the context you're like okay well you created a context like how would how would the what would be like the correct quote unquote correct judge uh, applied rewind partial fix to a situation given right. these contexts even just as like a thing it, they could go out of the way to say that it's not like this is not written in stone this is not how it has to happen every single time but just to give some idea and I, I guess i would hope in the judge discord that they are having those discussions of like okay like well how do we evaluate these and what you know what kind of the order of operations of like deciding you know card you know do cards that you've seen that you might not have seen like go on the bottom like do you shuffle your deck right. like when are these things happening because those are huge you know game state changes that could have really devastating effects and while your opponent doesn't get to choose like how some things go down now like now it's out of everybody's hand and you just don't you don't even know what's going to happen to you other than like maybe you'll get a caution or a warning um like and like maybe it, and this is all kind of like sounds very nefarious so like maybe it's all just going to be like very simple and their approach will be kind of as hands-off as possible but it just seems like some of these are complicated and it's hard to you know it's hard to say like i mean the rune chant one is good like all those simple ones like make a lot of sense it's like oh you make a rune chant like it doesn't affect anything that's going on right now you know that makes sense oh the frostbite that goes away but like you know the the ponder one i think is like a really difficult one because it's like <clears throat> you know what happens with those cards do i just decide like you know that all seems kind of weird like and if like the general outcome is like beneficial for me to like look at my hand and then say i forgot my ponder token then like you know it does create these weird things not that i would do that but like there are people who angle on rules already so if they find incremental advantages to being sloppy as you said taylor like that's really yeah you know and i i think our community is generally better than that but i think also people are people like it's yeah again, totally it's a human problem like they're gonna when there's big money and high stakes like people are gonna do make you know poorer choices sometimes yeah and just leaving it like i think one of the reasons they don't make a um give you examples of how it might resolve is because of the individual kind of rulings between judges that they say should be uh or that you know are now happening in the, in the game you know and that's why there aren't any uh examples of how the new policy is going to play out is because of the nuance of those situations you know and you know i agree with everything you say it's, it is it is troubling and and i'll let isaac here retort but this also brings up kind of like a, a larger kind of 
thought I have had about judges and card games and stuff and that sort of thing. But I'll let Isaac go first. Oh, nice. Just dangle us with that large, large thought coming up next. I got big ideas, baby. <laughs> um, yeah, I just wanted to point out. So one of the things this is trying to combat, which I think is excellent, is situations where. Um, so, for example, if I play Pummel and I say, all right, if this hits, you discard a card. And then we go through blocking, we go through reactions, and then it hits my opponent, and then they don't discard, and then it moves to their turn. And I say, oh, you didn't discard a card? And they say, oh, it's a missed trigger. You missed that trigger. you know. And it's like, well, I announced the on hit. Then I didn't say it again after the reaction step. So it's technically, you know what I mean? Situations like that where it's like, somebody like clearly just sharking you and you know requiring you to be extremely sharp about announcing things maybe multiple times or always very clearly and just like angle shooting so this this change in the ruling policy would mean that you know a trigger like that would just be um you know instituted like if you miss that trigger you go back and you discard mm-hmm. right which is a better a more fair way to play the game, I think, and hopefully discourages some of the, the sharking or the angle shooting. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side, and again, this isn't like I'm not trying to, you know, I very much appreciate judges and this is a very complex game and they have to make a lot of decisions on the fly and really know their shit. So I definitely appreciate all the judges out there not trying to throw shade at them, but with, uh different levels of competitiveness at different tournaments right like road to nats versus nationals and you know just the plethora of different judges we have out there i want my i don't want my tournament performance to hinge more on what an individual judge decides in the moment based on their judgment i want it to be based on the written rules and policy that they fall back on and follow to the T and, you know, then make a ruling. Yeah. Is that all make, is that all clear? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think like how you cleared that up because I've, there's two sides of this policy change. One, I think it's very, it's very good for simple missed triggers. It just corrects them and you move on. Like you call a judge, you correct the state, you move on. Hopefully, like, I think the only issue there is, like, the cautionary warning situation, which isn't, uh, it's not spelled out, like, what warrants a caution and a warning. Like, there's not, like, you know, a, a shared guideline. It might it might be in the policy penalty guide, like, but it's pretty dense thing. So if it is, I apologize for not reading that document. Um, but I do think... So, like, that's, like, net positive, but then on the really complicated missed triggers and interactions and things that have gotten to, like, a weird state um, or, like, maybe, like, several missed triggers, like, over, like, a whole turn cycle have compiled in, like, a really messed up way. Like, now it's all just up to the judge to figure out what is makes sense and not knowing what, you know, though, like, as you say, like, they're not executing, you know, it seems like they're not executing a policy to like, you know, a very fixed idea that they are having to f- figure it out, which is part of their job. It just, it just seems like 
I don't know, especially the way they're telling it to us as like, we are the players, we're not judges. Like it would have been nice to, you know, have them explain how that part works a little bit more and what like those guidelines are. Yeah. Cause it affects us as players quite a bit, you know? Yeah. Cause I miss all my triggers. <laughs> <laughs> If uh, I catch a trigger, something's something's off. That's right. <laughs> yeah, totally. I'm, not, I'm not playing my game if I'm worried about <laughs> triggers. Yeah. I <laughs> uh, I think this like this also got me thinking like about how and I don't know how other TCGs operate because I do not play in them, but how ours does specifically operates and how wildly different it is from other like traditional competitive sports you know i mean yeah fab is a game but it's like it's for sure a fucking sport you know like it takes skill it takes practice it takes dedication it takes a team there's mm -hmm. a set of rules you know etc it's like uh, a lot of violence <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a sport and then like in traditional sports i mean even some untraditional sports or you know I, I don't know where cricket falls in the realm of traditional sports. It's played all over the world. Played all over the world. It's <laughs> traditional in many countries other than ours. Um, the, in, in like the community's involvement. So like, okay, there's this like whole thing, right? Is like in basketball, we're just going to use that because I'm a basketball man and that'll be the easiest frame of reference for me to get my points across. You know, you have three officials. Uh, you frame it in handball, actually. <laughs> I prefer <laughs> pickleball. Uh, I'm going to do squash. <laughs> uh, I don't eat vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably why you got sick in Europe. <laughs> uh you have three officials and they just like do their best job to keep the game moving along and clean. And then when anybody makes a violation, trying to make sure they call on it, you know, and have to like make judgment calls. And that's like part of the game. But what's not part of a game in a TCG is judges making calls about the game because it, it has such strict rules and that sort of thing. And you only need a judge if you uh, make a mistake and you got to call them over, you know, even in like top eight matches, a lot of the times the judge like does not really interfere, even though they're sitting there or the ones on stream, et cetera, you know? So it's like not an officiated sport, you know what I mean? Mm. Mm. And so that is just like very weird sometimes to me because there's also in some of these tournaments, a you know substantial amount of money on the line but only a very very small percentage of people at the tournament are going to receive a substantial amount of money where the vast majority of us are not and even probably the vast majority of those people are like have no illusions that they're going to win a hundred thousand dollars you know but you have to have like people there to judge but then yeah well i think so i think yeah go that, ahead 
nine out of 10 times you talking about even in top eight of the pro tour, this, these not being officiated nine out of 10 times. I think this is just the case of like, uh, missed beneficial triggers, right? Because the judge is not obligated to step in and say, Oh, you missed this trigger. Right. But isn't part of this article too discussing about how like they want the game to be the game it should be? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like that's part yeah, of the I mean, sentiment, now, you know? Yep. And and then I like also understand that like uh you know the uh non-mandatory triggers missing those is part of the skill of the game. And if you miss that, that's like a thing. You know what I mean? But you're just as likely to miss a mandatory trigger as well you know a trigger is a trigger (laughs) in in the player's mind anyway yeah um i mean previously in the judge's mind a missed beneficial trigger was not did not merit a ruling right but a missed detrimental trigger is an illegal play and does merit a ruling right Mm -hmm. right totally but that's only if you catch it because there's no official. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It is interesting. And I think this kind of segues into something we also wanted to touch on was like, you know, it's not officiated. Like I don't, I don't personally know. And I apologize for not doing my homework. What the, the judge stance on is like, if they're watching a game, like what, what rules and fractions, uh, you know, are they supposed to be like, stop, you did this wrong. We need to do these things. You know, I, I think that part to me has always been a little unclear because sometimes it seems like they let it go and it's like on the players to like at t- talk to the judge if they, you know, see something wrong or they miss a trigger or whatever. Um, but I think this <clears throat> this is really weird when it's compounded with streams and viewers calling out, you know, rule infractions or missed triggers and that that having a direct impact exactly on games that are being played and to me it is like that's that's crazy that like (laughs) someone just watching at home gets to decide you know you know or you know they're they're they have way less going on so they're watching it and they can eagle eye any kind of thing that may have gone wrong and then you know, influence a game that's happening, you know, some arbitrary large amount of distance away. And (laughs) the fact that there's nothing, you know, in their policies about how that's handled, I think is just like really weird. And I think we've seen this happen in a number of situations with very heavy penalties applied to it. Um, And, or, and, you know, in some, and then in other situations, it seems like they get a little like, you know, a little slappy slap on the wrist. Yep. Um, but yeah, this is, this is wild that the chat on Twitch can, yeah. uh, police a yep. game. Whereas the adjacent game between the fifth and sixth place players has like literally no oversight at all. Exactly. <laughs> except yeah. for the players. Yeah. But exactly. the game on stream, which is just not at random, but might as well be for the sake of this argument. Yeah. It's, it's like policed yeah. by uh, you know, the audience. 
and that I, makes for a really weird scenario. Totally, it is, and I would, I, I will say that, like, I, I believe the spirit of it is to uphold the integrity of the game at all times, and I think that seems good, but I think just the application of it is very uneven, and you know, because of how LSS has treated some of these recently, which we'll get into more detail in a minute, I think. Uh, it is just wildly unfair. Um, and like, I think that is something that I would like to see them address is like, and, uh, you know, and at the same time also, like, I would just tell people like, if you don't want to be on stream, like you should just say, you don't want to be on stream. You don't have to be on stream. Like it is one way more intense, uh, and can be kind of hard to play the normal game the way you want to. And then two, like, you know, you might just get banned for a year because you made a mistake on stream and everyone decided that, you, you know, from their seat at home that you were cheating or whatever. And I think yeah. that that whole situation, given that, you know, how the judges act when they're standing next to you is not the same way uh, as the people who are sitting at home catching every little movement you do and deciding, you know, your reasoning behind it, like is, is very odd. Yeah. I mean, I yell at my television all of the time. I'm like, that's a fucking travel. I can't believe you missed that. I got fucking fouled. And then they don't call it. They don't rewind the game and then be like, oh, well, it actually should be. Wait, they don't? Because they traveled. They, and we, heard, we heard you say it, you know? They don't stop the game for that? <laughs> no, they don't. You know but what I mean? But they traveled. <laughs> and to be able to have that type of agency as a spectator in streamed games of flesh and blood and potentially other games too i don't know uh is insane to me you know what i mean yeah and it's like i i don't know i hope the policy is hey when chat says something happened and we're pausing the game we actually go back and make sure chat is correct by watching the stream back you know I hope that is the policy. I'm not sure if it is. It would make sense that it is. And hopefully they they do see that or whatever. But the opportunity cost of going on stream now because of the community or the culture around like, you know, and I'm sure there's uh, a lot of baggage that comes with TCGs and like rampant or just like people have cheated in the past in some some sort of situations and that sort of thing in other games uh, and that sort of thing. And so that's maybe why kind of the culture is like looking out for that stuff to make sure we police it so that it's uh, a healthy game where that stuff like isn't happening and that sort of mm -hmm. thing, you know? And there definitely is like a weird power dynamic between the two players playing each other and that sort of thing. Uh, at play so there is like totally a lot of nuance but mm. even with all of that i don't think i would go on stream if somebody asked me i would absolutely refuse because yep. you know then maybe i'm nervous and i make a mistake and then i get an ip penalty for the rest of for like my next game and then i lose again and i had spent a lot of fucking time practicing for this event and wanted to do really well. And then, you know, would feel pretty upset if I 
you know, let's say accidentally like ticked my tunic twice for some stupid reason while on stream when I mm -hmm. shouldn't have and then got an IP2 penalty in my next round and then there goes my tournament, basically. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah it's tough. I think, you know, the the rules state how a spectator should be and it does say that they should discreetly alert a judge if they you know witness something that's a, in violation of rules or policy <clears throat> that being said most games don't have like a thousand people watching you know in person and being like oh let me go tell the judge so like the level of scrutiny for one arbitrary game and usually a very important game for the players in it because we like to see, you know, someone who's on the bubble, you know, someone who's like doing really well, you know, are because of that, they are inherently kind of penalized because now they have, you know, a thousand spectators who are, who are scrutinizing every single play they make to make sure that they're not violating any rules. And it's a complicated game. Like we have to, there should be, I think there, you know, there needs to be a level of grace in all these things of like understanding that things are forgotten. You know, it's these are long days. These are, you know, intense matches. And to re remember every little thing every single time and making sure you do everything perfectly is just not possible, which is why we have to have things about how we fix those those things. But, <clears throat> yeah, it, it's just really it's just really weird. And then, you know, to take that the next, you know, step further is like to then, you know, ban somebody for something that happened on stream, you know, like that also just like, I don't know. I mean, we, sh we should just name it, you know, we're talking well, about. Let's, yeah. Let's, <laughs> <laughs> we'll present that topic and discuss it. Yeah. You know, um, but I would like to say that, I mean, so there is a plus side to this, right? Like it is, it's, you know, all games are not equal because the ones on stream are scrutinized and the other ones are not. But I will say that like, I have had people shark me before, like who knows how many times I did not notice, but you know, I've had a player like make extra rune chance in a very long, complicated viscerite chain. Taylor. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I've had a, like, I've had a dash player. I have never made a mistake ever. <laughs> I've had a dash player have a sloppy board state and then try to end the chain with an attack uh, that costs one more than the resources they would have at the end. And, um, you know, plays like this, like players, you know, and these aren't like necessarily the top tables either. Like this can happen in the middle tables, which I think is just fucking stupid. Like, what are you doing? You're not winning the tournament, all, you know, but <laughs> that's a separate rant. And then you um, ask yourself that question, you like, what this, am I doing? Yeah, this kind <laughs> of thing, this thing, like Why this kind here? of thing can happen, uh, you know, like fairly often. And there are like a lot of players will, um, you know, try to shark or cheat you. And them being caught for that, I think is like a good thing. Um, I'm not arguing for or against any of this, but there is like a plus side to like, like if a player ticks their tunic up twice in a game and I don't catch it, then they will have cheated inadvertently or not and uh, may get an edge and may win that game. Probably not because of that play, but you know, it, it will affect the game. So having that caught on camera, if they do tick their tunic up twice, and then having the game state reverted back to a fair game, you know, is a positive thing. 
for sure. However, it does come with all of these consequences, right? Whereas if you do make an honest mistake on stream, which is very easy, even the top players in the world generally make at least one mistake or misplay on stream just because of the, you know, the level of the play and the pressure of playing on stream and the fatigue from the day. So yeah. if you do make a mistake on stream, being potentially harsh, more harshly penalized for it is like a, you know, a huge downside to this. I certainly agree. Yeah. And you know, there's, and that's one of the differences between card games or let's just say flesh and blood and like basketball is that like, um, uh, an improper game state potentially, uh, you know, all of those things influences your decision tree, etc. You know, and the inverse is true too. If it's a correct game state, it influences your uh, decision tree in a different way. You know what I mean? Uh, but the difference between that and basketball is you're allowed to like, well, you can get away with like more shit in basketball and it's not as consequential until like the very, very end of the game because there's hundreds of possessions for both team. You know, there's there's a hundred possessions for both teams each. You know what I mean? So those like little micro, like I traveled a little bit and then like made my shot because I traveled a little bit, you know, and you'll probably fucking hit me with like a slightly illegal screen the next time down, you know, but I will have plenty of opportunities to make up for all of those tiny infractions. Whereas in a game of flesh and blood, those tiny infractions like can really influence a game, but they also like <clears throat> cannot like, I think, um, and I, I, the other thing that happened to me was, uh, to kind of spur this topic on was in the most recent battle hardened, which I, I'm sorry, I didn't shout you out, uh, Rhea at the beginning of the podcast, but way to win two battle hardens back to back with Icelander. That was fucking awesome. True hero, a people, a person of the, the people, uh, uh, they're playing against Yanji in the quarterfinals and the health total on stream is misrepresented and a block happens uh, that shouldn't be possible. And, you know, they go on to win that game and go on to win the tournament and stuff. And so I was, for whatever reason, fascinated by uh, how that game <clears throat> played out and if that actually mattered in the game. And I spent at least two or three hours just like mind palace grabbing like cards and like reconstructing the last like couple of turns of that game and trying to figure out if it really did matter. And after I did all my homework, I came to the conclusion that on it's either the final turn or, turn or the last to final turn, Yanji does have like lethal to win the game. That's like, uh, Rhea can't do anything about it, but <clears throat> he doesn't know that because he's playing against a wizard and there's like, secret information whereas earlier in the game she actually had lethal because he didn't have enough resources in hand but nobody's gonna pop their storm striders to win with like the extra point of damage that a frosting does from hand 
You know what I mean? Like you have to assume your opponent has a blue or a yellow or has enough resources to cover it up because that's like not a winning play. Same thing as he has to assume that she has something of quite a bit of value in their arsenal. And if they overextend themselves too much, they could then also die. You know what I mean? So uh, it actually doesn't matter when right. it comes down to it. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, but in this one instance, right? Yeah, totally. Sometimes totally. it does and sometimes it doesn't. Because like, if you double tick your tunic, then you might have it available for the three of a kind play, right? Right. Or if you double tick it, then you might not have a use for it until a turn further on. And then, you know, it, it won't have mattered at all. So it's just like, mm. you know, case by case, like sometimes those individual things do matter, like um, correctly counting your resources or like uh, mismanaging life totals or whatever. Sometimes they, you know, one resource or one tunic counter or one life um, does mean the outcome of a game. And sometimes, you know, it, it ends up not, but you know, for your basketball analogy, right. There's like dozens of cheating instances on both sides. Right. So it's just like less pertinent, but in this game, especially a faster um, matchup, you know, one little thing will mean the difference potentially. The other difference between basketball and flesh and blood <laughs> is that the the way the ball work doesn't just change in the game from turn to turn, and you like does more gets more points because you right. played, uh, you know, come to fight before you. Th- uh that's called a three-pointer call-in that is a hundred percent true i always come to fight famously (laughs) i now know that if you dunk from the three-point line it still counts for three yeah three is the new is the new cool dunk in the way to play basketball Yeah, all the kids are dunking from three point now. <laughs> when we think of that, shout out to the Time Snap podcast. Yeah. Check out my other podcast, Dunk for Three. <laughs> dot com. Uh, you're absolutely right, Isaac. And all of these things have nuance and stuff. This is just one particular example where you um, it didn't matter. You know what I mean. So it's like a a true championship, even though there was like a mistake. And in, uh, you know, Tao Tao's case, where he just gets banned off of the face of the earth for and DQ'd from his tournament from uh, making a mistake of putting his pitch on top of his deck, you know, that loses him the game. Yep. You know, okay. So we keep referencing this. Why don't we explain to people? what we're referencing and what exactly happened. Go ahead. Okay. It's getting um, ready. So <laughs> stretching, taking a sip of water, dabbing his forehead with a towel and has given the signal. He's ready. Ian coach. <laughs> um, so at the pro tour Baltimore, um, our friend Tao Tao, was disqualified from the tournament and then later banned from flesh and butt uh, for a play he made on stream. Um, full disclosure, or I'm not close friends with Tao Tao, but 
um, we know him and have played with him and socialized with him and interacted with him. So that's, uh, you know, uh, a bias on our part. But what happens is Tao Tao is on stream for multiple games, which in and of itself is like uh, not cool. I don't know the technical word for it, but you know, come on, (laughs) like rotate other people on. Um, So that can be a bit fatiguing. Um, He's playing Uzuri or uh, Azalea in in constructed, but he's playing Azalea in um, draft. Yep. And he's on stream and I forget how many matches in a row this is on stream, but he gets towards the end of his game and he does have perfect knowledge of the cards in his deck and he puts the card from his pitch on top of his deck and this is honestly like a very like suspicious maneuver um especially since he's playing azalea as this would like be a card he would draw and then it would alter the card he would hit off the azalea um ability next turn potentially winning him the game um However, with this particular um, pitch order, which he's aware of, there aren't very many cards left in deck, um, this maneuver actually loses him the game. And, um, you know, he goes on to lose that game. Uh, This moment is caught, and then he's disqualified for cheating. Right. And um, there's been, there was a lot of debate on Twitter about this. And, uh, the subsequent banning um which lss handled in a i don't know like an odd way right because there is a precedent for this a player in singapore i believe in the finals of a calling was pummeled uh their opponent picked a card at random for them to discard the player then looked at the cards in his hand and then chose a different card to discard. I don't think it's a pummel. It must be like a oak and older. It's a random card disfet, discard effect. Oh, right, right, right. right. Yeah. Uh, maybe it was an mm-hmm. oak and old. But anyway, he looks at his hand and chooses a different card and discards it. That player was caught cheating and uh, then disqualified and then banned for the game, from the game for a year. Um, this is the same punishment that Tao Tao has faced. Um, however, a lot of players... Um, knowing who Tao Tao is, having experience played against him before, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And just knowing the game state of the game that he knows the game state, knows the cards in deck and the pitch order and like essentially makes an illegal play to sabotage himself and lose the game. Um, all of these have kind of added up to people thinking that this banning is very harsh and LSS's handling of it, um, where they did not announce it, um, communicate with Tao Tao directly about it, um, or make an immediate decision about it, or reference any policy about it. Um, all of these things are fairly lame, for <laughs> lack of a better word. Yeah, the the part that gets me is, it's like, it's very clear that it's a non-winning play because I believe he says like on stream or somewhere else. I can't remember where this is a bit, a little bit ago, but that like, he's obviously looking for the card. He just pitched, you know, like he has, he, he just Azalea's 
in hopes to find that card. And then it's not that card. And he just thought it was like a mistake of him, like not keeping track of the pitch order, but actually it was, uh, you know, cause he did that. He flubbed it, you know? Yep. And then the, so it's like, that's like very clear. Whereas in that other situation, right? So we just talked about like nuance in that uh, maybe one life total doesn't matter, but sometimes it does. In in the other situation where that player got banned, it's clearly a better play to uh, pick a different card. Yeah. You know? And what I also find very vexing about this situation is that uh, he didn't, Tao Tao didn't find out that he was on review to get banned until he was banned and found out once that article came out about the updated players who are suspended or banned or whatever from somebody else. There was no like, yeah. hey, okay, so we DQ'd you. The next thing we're going to do is look to see if like you really need to be banned for being a, a big fat cheater, just so you know. And in the meantime, it was like, you know, Road to Nationals happened. Battle Hardened LA happened. There was no like, you know, there's a real qualifying for Nationals traveling to LA. I think he lives in LA now, but um, financial cost to this lack of communication by LSS. You know what I mean? And so it's like uh, affecting him both financially and, you know, mentally and spiritually. Yeah. I think the, so kind of touching on the things we've already talked about is like one, he, they put him on stream like five or six times or something in that day or something. It was crazy. Like he, he was doing really well. People were excited to see him play Uzuri, but they just kept putting him on stream, which again, we already talked about like just an uneven amount of scrutiny applied to his all of his games throughout a very long day of important games for a lot of money um it's at just, the highest level you can play at yeah yeah i mean he's playing like the other best players in the world um you know so that that is that is hard to do <laughs> and unfair that he has to you know be under that level of scrutiny that many times on that single day uh, then, you know, there is the disqualification itself, which uh, I'm going to assume they were saying it's for cheating. I'm not sure what other thing qualifies for a disqualification, um, which in itself, I think, is a very <clears throat> like the fact like that this was caught on like this was caught on stream. Right. This wasn't even caught in the game that was being played. So like being caught caught you know quote unquote caught on stream making a mistake that they are then saying is cheating and disqualifying him rather than putting some kind of penalty you know is like another kind of logical step that i don't fully understand um which you know the judges do their best they try to take all the information they can and, and you know do what they can but i feel like we've seen other things on streams where people are doing messed up things and screwing up states and like you know, getting into issues where like the game state is like totally effed and they don't get disqualified. They don't get banned for a year, but you know, Tao Tao does. And then all the things you just said, like 
they don't talk to him about it. He doesn't know. He doesn't find out till someone else, you know, brings it up. Like all those things are just kind of like, I don't know. They, they don't, they don't seem great. And I guess they don't owe us anything. They can decide who gets banned and whatnot. But like, it just felt like very, very harsh all the way down when it doesn't seem like everyone who makes mistakes on streams gets that same level of harsh, like penalty and scrutiny or, you know, even, even just benefit of the doubt, because, uh, as you say, like he didn't even win that game. Like, like (laughs) if he's cheating, then he's just a bad cheater. Uh, but like, I feel like you need to build a case for cheating and just to say it that way, um, just to decide then and there after like all day being on stream that he's cheating uh, this one time is just, I don't know. It's just very strange to me. And I, and I disagree with how they handled it. And I hope that they, you know, the appeals process uh, goes in his favor because, you know, I don't see why he should be banned for a year. Like it was already harsh enough. Like a disqualification was harsh enough. Like he was doing really well. He could have won a significant amount of money and he flew to Baltimore for this and he was disqualified. Like that's pretty harsh altogether. Like to then be like, nope, you're out of the game for a whole year. is just kind of like, well, like we said, maybe just don't go on stream. <laughs> like, cause, cause you're not, you're no, yeah. like not a lot of people are getting banned for a year who haven't been on stream. I think there have been some bannings, but you know, I think they, I, I I would assume that they had to build up a much bigger case against those people because they actually had to like, you know, follow these things and track the different rules and fractions over time. But yeah, I don't, I don't know if I have anything else to say about it, but it was just kind of disappointing. Yeah. I'm, I'm unsurprised by the disqualification at the tournament because you do have to dissuade active cheaters. hundred percent. Right? Like if you are cheating, which like, I, I mean, I say there are a lot of cheat, like the vast majority of players don't cheat and are honorable, but by far, but there are a lot of players who shark and cheat. So I think that dissuading cheating, um, should be a priority and is a priority. Yeah. And, um, you know, I definitely agree with that. Uh, you know, watching the footage, it's easy to determine that this was indeed a blunder and not like actually cheating, but you know, all the same, I, I'm unsurprised by the disqualification ruling. It's the later um, banning after further ruling, um, especially that I'm pretty surprised by. And I think that you brought up a really good point, Colin, where, you know, we've seen like players who are notorious for sharking or cheating do it on camera and suffer like no consequences and no subsequent banning down the line for like, you know, hustling players or like purposefully having confusing game states or, you know, like whatever. And like literally facing no, no consequences upon review. And this kind of, you know, leads me to my point where this whole, the execution of this whole thing was like, it just felt a bit inconsistent to me where you know, we we do have one case to set precedent, but we also have all these other cases, like I said, where players have like sharked or done shady things and not been punished. And it leads us to, you know, uh, a member of the community and a competitive player, Tao Tao, who is like pretty much universally liked 
and um, respected and people enjoy playing against him being banned, you know, um, as opposed to like other sports um, to follow the analogy further where there like is a policy and there, you know, a decision's made and, you know, you reference this, you know, like you're caught cheating. So this happens or like, um, this is a, an illegal play that wasn't caught. Um, but it's undetermined if it was intentional. So this happens or whatever. It just feels like, you know, like I think months went by or a very long time went by where Tao Tao competed in other tournaments and, you know, suffered his disqualification. And like we had the discourse and then all of a sudden he was then banned seemingly out of the blue. When again, I've like witnessed, heard about and seen on stream, like so many players sharking or cheating. And, um, you know, again, this, this like suspicious play and subsequent punishment for it, I think is like reasonable to like shut that down. But the whole, everything else surrounding it to me was just like surprising and disappointing. Cause for us, it's like, again, I don't know Tao Tao very well, but, um, you know, the support you received on social media and stuff was like fairly overwhelmingly in his favor, except for a few outliers, um, who weren't even referencing his personal character, but just weighing in on the situation. So, yeah, I think, um, this would be like my last point here and it's really just, um, reiterating what Colin said. I really liked Colin's point about building a case for, for cheating, you know, uh, I think that's a great way to put it. And I really loved what Isaac said as well, is that you 100% still want to dissuade dishonest players from taking advantage of other players, you know? And so those things uh, together, I think, equal the disqualification from the Pro Tour, but a non-communicative uh, year banning from the game uh seems just out of left field and mm. um you know isn't you know I, I mean you know and it, maybe it's on me at not knowing those policies they must be somewhere you know because like if you're in the nba you like know what the fuck you're gonna get fined for like if you talk shit about a specific referee or the officiating or something like that you get fined if you talk shit about your owner you get fined if you like are malicious against another player on the court, you get fined and suspended, you know what I mean? And so it's like the rules of conduct are a bit more clear, you know, and yeah. perhaps they are, and it's not my due diligence or I haven't been doing my due diligence, but, um, you know, and then that's on me and that's on all of us. We should be, fucking reading the rules better i suppose yeah well, yeah, well I mean, just like, just like having no sorry really quick just having no precedent or like no policy to you know like because if i call a judge over and i'm like they made two extra rune chants and are trying to cheat and win this game against me the judge will be like all right let's walk it back see oh yeah you do have an extra rune chant oh whoops mistake walk it back and we'll fix it okay keep playing you don't get banned for a year yeah you know so like how you know what form of cheating merits banning for a year and what form is just like oh whoops 
I made an illegal play on accident. And, and I'm not saying that player should be banned for a year either. It's just like where, you know, yeah. draw some lines. They, and and I think they do try to like say, okay, some of these things it is, you know, there are warnings. And then if it's determined that it's be increased to a level of cheating, then it's cheating. But even cheating, it says disqualified. Like I'm, I'm looking through this, you know, uh, procedure penalty guideline documentation. It doesn't talk about when you get banned. Like what level of like cheating, like, like, yeah, we should, we should not want, we don't want people to cheat. That's fine. That's why you, you can disqualify them. If you can say that they are in fact cheating for whatever version of that is, but then to like, you know, have some closed door thing where you decide that like, you know, oh, this player's banned now. It's just like, it's just so weird that that's how they went about it, that they did, you know, it's, it's like all those things. So it's like, even knowing that like, okay, well, if I cheat I, and I get caught, like, you know, I'm disqualified, but like, you know, like we said, we've seen other people who had behavior that I would say is close to cheating and they don't get disqualified like and like so like the uneven kind of uh uh interpretation of the law and inf you know uh not influence but uh implementation and upholding of it is like it's not perfect so like you know one like i don't know it, yeah we already said it i don't have anything else to say it's yeah just, totally it's I just a wild thing that like you're just like dude why why did you do this and why can't you be more upfront about it? And yeah. like, uh, just, yeah. Unfortunate. Yeah. I, yes. I, especially for Tao Tao, it's like heartbreaking. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Like it's, it's, it's obviously a game. He enjoyed a lot. He put a lot of time and effort into how he plays. Like he's always been awesome to watch on stream. Totally. He he's a pioneer. Like, he's so good. Like, this isn't someone I would like, you know, think needs to cheat. They're just like everything they've done. I, every time I've seen them play, I'm just like, wow, like, you know, this guy is like just on it. And so like oh, that's not tight, saying that he could play. ever cheat and like that he wouldn't like, I can't make that determination about his character, but it's just like, it's so weird that, you know, I don't know just how it all played out. It's just kind of like, I don't get it. Yeah. I think, um, I think we've we've said our piece. I, I'm, you know, if we keep going, we'll just go back in circles and yeah, and then maybe say something that's considered cheating and then get banned. So, oh my god, because we've been on on podcast uh, a little too long here. Um, you know, we did uh, have another section of this podcast that we were going to talk about, but I think we're probably going to skip it. <laughs> and uh just save it for next time save it yeah. for next time and we're not going to tell sneak you what the peak. fuck yeah, it we, is because we want you to come back <laughs> i told him in the title at the beginning but now that's inaccurate it's true <laughs> i I'll do just... have one more thing that grinds my gears for this segment though <laughs> of course you do you've ruined Wait, every segue. it's in the notes every you just always move thing. on whenever you yeah, because we're nilly. we're free flowing. You know, we're we're trying to find a rhythm. <laughs> you know, one so more totally. Isaac. But Let's this is go. we're we're three captains together on this ship. You know, piloting together. 
Totally. Too many captains. We have one captain. Yeah. (laughs) Well, as in the notes um, under this topic, we have one more thing to discuss (laughs) that I put in there because honestly, this kind of irritated me. um, And I don't know if you guys will even care or not, but one item in news is that a win or a top placement, I think it's top 16 but I may be incorrect at nationals this year will not win you a PTI. It will just win you an invite to worlds this year, which I thought was extremely, extremely disappointing because especially with the late announcement of worlds this year, or potentially, you know, someone can't make it for whatever reason, right? Like say you can make three tournaments a year, for some reason you can't make worlds, but you can make the the next pro tour next year, or you can make worlds the following year. Like why not give somebody a PTI to use as their choose or use as they choose, right? Like why, you know, why force them to go to worlds on such short notice or have like no, no PTI or no prize out of nationals. And it just like, to me, it kind of echoes LSS's like current trend of just like um, very fast and grindy competitive play, right? Like, like of course, if you top Nats, then you're going to go to Worlds because you know that's what like pro players do, and like you know anybody that does well at Nats can then just go compete at the World Stage, and it'll be great. But it's like in the real world, it doesn't always function like that right like one of these 16 players will probably not be able to go to worlds this year and to me it just feels really bad to not give ptis where you can cash them in as you choose so yeah i don't know that just echoed like again that echoed the like fast-paced grindy last minute you got to go play in everything competitive kind of attitude and it was just like what why like why would they make this change you know where's the harm in giving a pti so anyway, that's my rant. What the hell? As someone who'll never earn one, I don't care. No, <laughs> this should have been a riddle me this with Isaac. That would have been yeah. great. We'll just say it is. Yeah. I riddle mean, riddle me I, this. My only guess is that they don't want people selling them. Um, but they also said that they can. So that would be a weird, you know, flip flop on their own policy i i think it yeah you it, could just make it so you can't sell ptis <laughs> yeah that would be other, the the other way of doing it um i mean i i love the idea of like someone who has multiple P- ptis and being like i just want to give one to my friend so that their friend can go with them um you know because that's the only way i'll get there so you know isaac, come on isaac bank, bank those ptis <laughs> yeah. for taylor and i come on <laughs> um, dude but yeah, it, it does seem harsh. It, it 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 is like if you can't make it, it's like it shouldn't downplay the achievement of doing really well at nationals. Like I feel like it doesn't make you less of a player if you did it one year and not the next and you but you your schedule doesn't allow you to do it. Or you'd rather go to like a pro tour and not the world championship. Like maybe that's just more your thing. I feel like you know, and then it's funny to me that they have uh they now have these like PTI events which is funny because it's a, it's called a professional tournament invitational and it 
the eligibility says open en- entry, no invitation required. And I'm like, is, is that an invitational thing? Uh, but it's like, you know, you have to win that thing to earn a PTI and that's it. So it's like they're getting very stingy with the PTIs. Um, but I guess what else is there? Oh, the call, the calling, you still get them, you know. But yeah, I don't know. It, it does seem weird. I, I don't necessarily think there's any benefit to anybody for it other than LSS being able to like control who gets into tournaments, which is their right. So whatever. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I, it, it doesn't make sense to me either. And if it does make sense, please let me know. Cause I'm willing to change my opinion. Even though I said, well, Colin said, yeah, for us all that they can't be changed at the beginning of this podcast but as the owner of the attack action podcast empire i'm the ceo which i just have crowned myself <laughs> too bad declared <laughs> yeah it's like shotgun <laughs> what i have all the first? shares <laughs> called it first of... yeah dibs all the shares i want to be just a majority share treasurer. just a majority share 51 yeah. percent Baby. Well, I will not be changing my opinion, but I will read what you're... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if we're missing something about this, please let us know because I'm like flabbergasted. I don't get it. I thought you were Isaac. <laughs> I am become flabbergasted. Destroyer of... It's my favorite. <laughs> my favorite flesh and blood card. Become the flabbergasted. Flabbergast would be a good flab, flesh and blood card. <laughs> it's a, I'm sure it is. It's, it's about a generic. Be. It's a non-attack action. Uh, you roll a die, and they have to put that many cards back in their deck, shuffle and drop in their them. mouth. Yeah, <laughs> and eat them. <laughs> All right. Uh, great question there. Good riddle me this. Uh, are, are we doing our? Are we doing this last segment? Yeah. You mean our signature segment? So here at the Attack Action Podcast, we love to play many games, not just flesh and blood. We love board games, video games, role-playing games, sketch games, you know, all sorts of games. And uh, we love to play all sorts of games together. And sometimes we want to share one with you. So this might not be our favorite game or the best game of the world, but it's one we really love. And uh, today's board game from the closet is Collins. Funny games. I'm just kidding. That's a horrifying movie. Don't watch it. <laughs> me. Uh, yes, today is my game. It's my favorite segment. Um, I, I'm pivoting. I decided to pick a different game last second. Uh, and that game is The Mind. Uh, this is a very, very simple card game. It is a deck of cards numbered 1 to 100, and your goal is to silently put your cards in the correct order. And that's it. So you get a number of cards each round. They They just have a number on them, and then you have to sit there without gesturing, without, you know, well... You know, the, 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 the rules are like, you can't, you're not supposed to like signal, but you do kind of got to do some like, uh, little so it's like a cooperative so. game where you're all trying to put the 
cards in the yes, correct you're, order. You're trying to create the hive mind and put your cards in the correct gotcha. order. Okay, that makes so more subtle sense. Subtle gesturing is allowed. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, each each group can decide what they're comfortable with. It and, does have some description. And you can't talk. You know, you're you not can't allowed say, to talk. Okay. So you couldn't say like, you know, for lunch I had two sandwiches. No, absolutely. It it is a silent game. Uh, which, you know, makes people do a lot of like, you know, it's like if you have a hundred in your hand, you're just like, I'm going to put my card face down and then lean back <laughs> from the table to be like, no, sir, I, your number is lower than mine because I literally have the highest number in the deck. But where it gets, so you start each round, you get more cards in your hand. So you start with one, then you get two, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So you go up to a certain number of rounds. It just gets it gets so hairy, like right in the middle where it's like, you've got literally like 35, 36, 37, 38. And like, everyone's like sit there being like, okay, well the last card was 22. And then you <laughs> kind of sit there for a little bit, seeing if anyone's going, you're like, no, no. And then everyone starts kind of leaning in a little bit. Cause they're like, well, I'm, it's getting close to where I think I would be, you know? And then you like, and then, you know, everyone's just like, oh, and then you kind of do it. And, like either it's hilarious and you fuck it up and you're just like no and everyone shouts um and so you, you have a number face of, up you play them to the center face up so it's okay. basically, you know you're gotcha. just playing numbered cards in order like it sounds dumb uh because it kind of is but it's also <laughs> genius um and you have a number of lives so each time you mess up you you lose a life and the anyone who has a number lower than that card that get was played uh discards it and then uh, you continue on. And then there's also a, I think it's called a, is it a boomerang? God, what's it called? There's some, there's some element where you have a number of, oh, it's a ninja star. Um, you you have a number of ninja stars and you can, you, at some point, if you're like stuck, you can raise your hand. And if everybody raises their hand, you use one of your ninja stars and everybody face up discards their lowest card. So you get like a really interesting amount of information because like somebody will discard their lowest card that's like 80 and you discarded yours that's like 20. So you're like, oh, okay, that person's not going to play a card for a while. So like, you know, you, you kind of understand where you're at. Um, and as you complete levels um, or rounds, you can earn more lives or more ninja stars. Um, and it's just hilarious. Like it's, it's really funny. I've played this with a couple different groups and we laugh so hard doing this because you're sitting there trying to like figure out how you kind of communicate without communicating. And it's like, you know, there's always a couple people who are just like a little bit unsure and they don't want to do it. And like, they're just like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. And then they go and they'll be like, dude, that is like 40 numbers higher than where everybody <laughs> else is at. Why did you think that was the lowest one? <laughs> so it's just, it's just really funny. And it's just a small thing. I took it traveling with me and played with my friends in the UK and like we we crushed it there. We got really into it. Um That's I think fun. we got to like round 8 and like we had multiple runs of like, you know, consecutive numbers cuz like we there there is kind of a rhythm to it, which is kind of the 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 trick of it. Right. Um, because it is, you know, it's that kind of game, you know. It's it's kind of an activity, but it is a game, but it's an activity, you know, it's one of those weird ones, but it's called The Mind. You can get it pretty much anywhere for, you know, 15 bucks i think uh local 7-eleven well you know anywhere walgreens you, you buy games tithe you know McDonald's. it's like it's like a target game so you could get it at like target walmart oh nice you weren't uh, kidding 
no, no, it, it's one of those that really broke into um, kind of the mainstream, and it's just it's great for people who don't play a lot of games because it's so simple. You just you know, it's all about and how you play it, and the rules are very simple. So, uh, yeah, cool. that's that's the mind. Yeah, it sounds great. I nice. I think in the groups I play games with sometimes our kind of go to quote unquote party game is code names. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that can be challenging in mixed company sometimes. So it's like not mm-hmm. the right group, you know, like yep. uh, I recently played that with strangers and was like face palming the whole time as the <laughs> uh, spy master and was like, this is like, why else would I say table? You know, yeah. like some people do not get code names and yeah. you're like, what? <laughs> you're like, I obviously don't know you. So I'm trying to be as like, you know, surface level as I can. This is not an inside yeah. joke that we do not have, you know, anyway. And so this seems like a better, like, I don't have to talk to strangers, but I can like give them eyeballs, which is my favorite thing to them. do is give strangers eyeballs. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Yeah, code names can be hard. Like it's hard for the code master. They're like really in the think tank, and everyone else is just chit chatting, hanging out, and they're trying to come up with like a really good clue. And then if you don't know each other, then it's like there's not a lot to base. Like, well, yeah. I think you know Taylor would, if he said table, you know he's gonna he's gonna oh. mean like you know banged on the table, of course. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we yeah, know. it would be sexual. Yeah. <laughs> got it in there and that's and that's our show everybody uh thanks everybody for listening thank you colin for coming on thank you for that lovely game i'm very excited appreciate everybody you know stay tuned always next uh next episode we'll be discussing more about the meta and cards and all that but we appreciate you for hanging in there for our rants about things that have been irking us Honestly, it's better this way because we could say a bunch of dumb shit about the meta and then uh, calling Birmingham happens and then we got egg on our face. Yeah. That's not what we want. Mm, yeah. Yep. So we're going to wait. Goes in a, egg goes in a sandwich, not on your face. <laughs> That's how they do it in Birmingham. Hey. No, they hey. in England, they do a, a like, it's a bap. It's just a bread roll with bacon on it and it's with baked beans in the <laughs> no, morning not in the sandwich it's just a it's just a bacon sandwich it's wild you with some brown sauce and i was like this is great i love england <laughs> <laughs> i'm i'm on my way we'll be there <laughs> awesome well uh thanks everybody we always appreciate you and um you know we'll see you in the next episode have a great time goodbye have a great time out there (laughs) bye thank you for listening you can find us on youtube facebook and instagram at the attack action podcast on twitter we are at battle bro taylor and at battle bro isaac shoot us an email the attack action podcast at gmail.com if you would like to support us like and subscribe Shop for singles using our affiliate link or support our Patreon for as little as $4 per month.